Welcome to our uh, our new series entitled Guardrails. As you saw the video there, you know, if you were that guy in the car, you appreciate the guardrail. Yeah. You know, you don't really notice them. I, you know, I was driving this week, you know, preparing the series for the next several weeks. We're going to be talking about, you know, guardrails and what they mean, uh, not only in real life physically, but what they mean in real life spiritually. And I was thinking about, I really don't notice them, but I'm sure glad they're there. You know, this is a picture of the Grand Canyon. You can see it? I'm really glad that guardrail is there. Amen. You know, the guardrail is there to keep me from going over the edge physically and harming myself. Ah. And the concept of guardrails for spiritually is to set up guardrails in our lives where that, you know, it would, it would bother us so much that we would stop where the guardrail is so we don't hurt or ruin our lives. Ah. Guardrails, where it bothers your conscience. But you have to design them. You have to set them up. Because guardrails are designed... They're designed for... It's a system designed to keep vehicles or people from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas. You know, I've never hit a guardrail in my life. Thank goodness. Or else your car insurance goes up and then, you know, a lot of terrible things happen. But when I, whenever I go over the freeway, I always see black marks on the guardrails. Yeah. People have been hitting them for a very long time and continue to hit them. Yeah. Maybe they're texting and driving and they hit a guardrail or on the phone and hitting a guardrail. Guardrails are designed to keep you from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas. You know, the three uh, areas you most find them are on bridges. When you go over to a bridge, you're kind of grateful that they have guardrails. That you know, right. I mean, if, you, if they weren't there, you you know, you could be like, I'm going to go for it if you're 18 or 17. You just got your license. Woo! You start thinking, I'm going to go if I can do this. Yeah. I'm going to show my mom and dad I can drive. No, you want guardrails there, right? <laughs> you find them in medians. You know, you don't want oncoming traffic, so they're there to kind of protect you from oncoming. And you also find them with curves, unexpected changes. You find guardrails. You know, if you if you ever go up to the mountains. You see guardrails on certain parts of the curve so you don't go into the off-limit or dangerous areas. Now, they're actually, guardrails are actually not placed in actual areas of danger, if you notice. They They are actually placed inside the area of danger. They're not on the area where it's dangerous. They're before the danger area. Because the actual danger zone just lies just beyond the guardrail is the cliff. And they're designed. And if there's no guardrails on the bridge, you could probably theoretically drive as close to the edge and not be harmed. But chances are, you may fall over. There's a good chance you may fall over. And there's less damage to your car. There's less damage to your body. But there's also less damage to your soul. When you set up and have guardrails. So if they're on the road, how can we transition? They, these are there physically. Well, I want to help you, encourage you to build you up, to set you on a path where you set up guardrails for your conscience. Where when you hit the guardrail, it's going to bother you so much. That you're going to stay away from the dangerous areas. So for the next several weeks, I'm going to talk about establishing guardrails in other arenas of our lives. Such as, 
marriage, time, parenting, perspective. When we have strong and established guardrails and we, and we bump up against these guardrails, they protect us. They save our lives. They save us from, from damaging and leaving a carnage of wreckage. Either in our marriages and our relationships. We want to take this common imagery of a guardrail and apply it to our lives. So I want to really encourage you this morning to pay attention because it's going to, you're going to be the one to set up the guardrails. You set them up for your life. So developing a personal standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience that serves as a guardrail for you. You know, uh, when you bump up against this guardrail, you know, the first thing that you're going to feel is, thank God it was there. Because if I didn't hit this guardrail, my car would have gone over the cliff. Amen. You know, the problem with these guardrails in our society is that they, they prefer painted lines. You know that double yellow you cross sometimes and the cop catches you? That painted line? <laughs> or that painted white line that's always going around? You know, our society would rather you have painted lines. For, let me give you an example. When it comes to alcohol, a painted line that our culture preaches is this. Hey man, drink responsibly. You know, it's a painted line. You know, I'm to think, if I'm drinking alcohol, I don't know where the line is of when you, you know, hey, it just started, and then you hit the certain spot, and you're like, I should really stop drinking. I've never heard someone say, I should really stop drinking, and actually put their beer, they actually go, and the line's already blurry, because a painted line doesn't speak to your conscience. A guardrail does. When it comes to sex, culture says, you know, wait, wait until you're ready. Uh, I, I don't know, I, I, I'm ready, are you ready? I feel ready. Uh, yeah. And some guy says, I was born ready, right? I don't know, yeah. I was ready. Uh, it's a painted yellow line. It doesn't affect your, your conscience. You know, parenting. You know, talk to your children about drugs. Okay, okay, it's a painted line. You know, that's a conversation. You know, the culture thinks that guardrails are stupid. It should be a painted line instead. Or what about money? Consolidate all your debt. That's, that's really good. Consolidate it all. Put it all together. Yeah. One interest rate. So you have more money. None of these things alert your conscience. They're painted lines. Our, our society does not want you to have guardrails. They want you to paint lines. And so, you have it. So, the, the con is a conflict here. And the conflict is when you hit the guardrail. And that's good. Because you want there to be internal conflict because you just hit a guardrail. The guardrail is when you're angry with your spouse and you're so angry, you're going to say something really hurtful. And then there's that guardrail going, oh, if I say this, I know I'm going to crash right through the guardrail yeah. and over the end of the canyon. Yeah. And so it's that moment where we want it to bother. Okay, okay, I'm mad, but I can use a different word. Let me get my thesaurus. 
right? Yes. You know, the guardrail is not, is not a new idea. It's actually a very old idea. In fact, there are, there are Hebrew documents, ancient documents, that were written hundreds of years ago by 40 different authors that wrote and taught humanity about guardrails. You know, Paul the Apostle wrote a document to the church in Ephesus. And Ephesus was, was, a, was a society, if you think our society is bad with, you know, uh, media and sexuality and immorality, uh, we compared, we don't even hold, can't hold a candle to Ephesus. <laughs> Ephesus' culture was so saturated, being sexually immoral was actually a, 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 a religious experience. It was like, you would go to church and leave there having committed immorality. In that culture. That was, that was the, when Ephesus, their sexuality was so rampant. So incredibly just open society. We think our culture is bad. And so Paul writes this letter to the Christians who decided to be followers, not fans, right? To, to write this letter to really help this culture, these people, because they're living in this, this culture. How do I have guardrails when I live in such a permissive culture where there's painted lines everywhere? And so, Paul writes this letter. And the Christians are are thinking to themselves, how can I pull that off? Because Paul's list gets more stringent and stringent of what he says you can and cannot do. So, in 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 the Bible, he writes this. In Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 15. It's on the board. If you wanted to open your Bibles, that would be awesome. It's always, you, you always benefit being a good practice of opening your Bible. But if you, if you feel like you, know, you want to look on the board, absolutely fine with me. He writes then, you know, and after he, just before this, he's writing about, hey, you know, you, can, you, gotta, you, got, you, cannot, have, you cannot be sexually immoral and destroy your family. Uh, you know, greed is infesting your heart. He has a whole litany of things that he's really making this list of things that are just out of the box. You cannot do that. That will destroy you. And so he's left with this, this next verse. He's trying to help the Christians swallow this change of lifestyle. And what better way to say it than this, I feel. He says, be very careful then how you live. Literally. It means, look carefully where you walk. Look around. Look ahead. Look back. If you go into some of your backyards with dogs, you're telling people, hey, look, be very careful where you walk. Right? If you go to some of your backyards and you have two big dogs, you are warning your friends, be very careful then how you live. You better literally look around. Because you might step in it. (laughs) Nobody plans to enter a marriage and become violent. Nobody plans to get involved with a married man or a married woman. Nobody plans to ruin his or her finances. Nobody plans to struggle with addiction. What steps... Can we take to make sure those things don't happen? We set up guardrails. We set up a system 
of guardrails that when we bump into them, it bothers us. It bothers us so much, where we go, whoa, that's enough, whoa. Because if I go any further, that's danger, that's over the cliff. Guardrails are how you plan not to do A, B, C, or D. And then Paul says this, Be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Not careless. You know, when you think about when you were young, think about how careful you were. Not. (laughs) You were so careless. You did things on a whim, what you felt, what you feel. That's why I'm so proud of the college students who became disciples in college. They're saying, no, I'm not going to live my life by whim anymore. I want to live wisely. I want to live the right way. You know, this passage talks about living with your eyes wide open. Living with your eyes wide alert. Remember what Paul is writing about. He's writing writing about greed, marriage wrecking immorality. He's writing about dishonesty. He says, be wise. Don't be unwise. You know, it's tax season. And everyone needs to be admonished on, where are your guardrails? Where are your guardrails? The IRS comes in to check on your guardrails. Yeah, they do. You know, isn't it sad? We have to have people monitor our own guardrails. Because what's our tendency? We're greedy. We get mad at the government. Right? Give me my money. It's my money. Right? Guardrails. And then Paul writes this. Be, live as wise, not as unwise, making the most of every opportunity. You know, the older we get, the more we wish we would have spent our time back when we were young more wisely. Yeah. I mean, can you think about if you can go back in time and choose a different path? Man, I wish I could do that. In some situations, I'm going, ah, I wish I would have decided that over this. I mean, the older you get, the more you look back. And the waste of time spent on walking a certain path, you're going, why did I do that? You know, that relationship that was a a waste of time. You know, guardrails make you live a life that's intentional. When you go up that mountain, the guardrails are guiding you safely, intentionally, up into the area where you want to go. That's why they're designed. It's intentional. A reckless, careless road is, there's no guardrails in some countries, they don't have any. So be careful with how you live. Why is this so important? Why? Why make the most out of every opportunity? Because the days are evil. The days are dangerous. If you're not careful, you will pay a heavy price for not having guardrails in your life. You know, I have to tell you, we live in dangerous times. We live in a time where all your savings can vanish in three days. That happened in 2008. Americans had had stockpiled all their hard-earned money, and it was gone. It was gone. Vanished. Days are dangerous. Marriage is the same way. Your guardrails and how you live in your life in your, in your marriage. Marriage is, people get married, 
They're divorced. Fast. You just go to the valley. They have signs that are 1-800 numbers on the street with a van. Hey, yeah. want a divorce? I'll do it right now. Yeah. It's quick. Easy operation. Parenting. Same thing. Yeah. The days are evil. Yeah. So if your marriage has no guardrails, your parenting won't have any guardrails. It just trickles down. Guardrails. We live in dangerous, dangerous times. And you've got to be careful how you live. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful when you drive. You know, Karen and I, we don't, drive, we don't like driving during the holidays at night. People think we're a little, you know, we're a little weird. But I, 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 every, every next morning, I always read the paper, someone's dead. And I'd rather it not be me. Someone's dead the next day because some guy gets on the freeway, had a little too much, had no guardrails, and then he wrecks my life. Guardrails. So we, we make it a point, hey, we don't want to travel or go anywhere or travel on, on major holidays because we know what our culture has painted lines. Drink responsibly, bro. We know what that means. Right, yeah. You know, I never heard in a marriage, you know, our marriage is doing awful. It's doing terrible. But then we started drinking and then it got better. <laughs> I've never heard someone tell me that. That's so much better with alcohol in our lives. It's awesome. No one's ever told me that. Someone ever told you that? Because I'm like, I'm waiting to hear that. Alcohol is really me. You know, shouting at my kids. It's really been bonding. It's amazing. My son loves me. I haven't heard that either. That's why we need guardrail. That's why Paul's saying, be very wise how you live. You don't go to class, you're not going to get a degree. If you're going to choose to be uneducated, you're going to you're going to expect a lower salary of income. That's just the facts of our society. We want people to come into the campus to do one thing: get your degree. I said it wrong because I'm a graduate. Get your degree, and we make disciples because there is life after campus. Right? We recognize that. Maybe 15 years ago I would have said that. Now that I'm a 40 year old looking back, I'm going. I didn't really go to class a lot as a student. I should have been a better student. Amen. You know, I could have. Karen always tells me that I'm smart. I'm going, no, nah, look at my GPA. C's get degrees. My GPA was not very good. I wish I could go back and be a better student. The days are evil and we live in dangerous times. Therefore, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus whose culture was foolish. Don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. I like how he writes, hey, don't be foolish, but understand God. Okay, well, what does you know, that mean, understand? Understand, because inside you as a Christian, you know the good you ought to do. Yeah. And Paul's appealing to that, hey, you know the good you ought to do. You have some guardrails. Live with the guardrails. Understand what the Lord's will is. Face up and embrace God's will for your life. That's what that passage is saying. In all areas. Paul's saying, I want you to stop deceiving yourself. I want you to stop playing games with your life and face up to what you know. Is true and right. You know what's on the other side of that guardrail. You know. 
Because you've been off the cliff before. And you survived the car wreck. Amen. And when you survive one car wreck, you're going like, I'm evil Knievel. I can handle going over the cliff. I know how to roll right. I know how to fall right. I know how to, how to stop, drop, and roll. There's a fire. But let me tell you, God is saying to you, stop deceiving yourself. We all have a tendency to want to get as close to the line as possible. Yeah. You know, sometimes I drive in LA the freeway and you know, it's, it's really traffic and there's four lanes, it's, it's packed, and they have these fake little cement walls there. Oh my gosh. And they scare me. Totally. They scare me. And, I, and, and no one's on that lane because it's, it's hairy. Yeah. And you think that hairy, you know, drastic, you can, hit the, you can, you can rub the guardrail would make me have pause. Yeah. But I would, I would actually enjoy the ride of just going to the guardrail, seeing if I don't hit it. That is a foolish mentality. I do that only when I was by myself in the car. <laughs> but one hit of that guardrail and I'm kaput. Yep. But that's what our human nature does. We want to live on the edge of the edge of the guardrail. Well, I'm not. He says, hey, don't be foolish. Understand what the Lord's will is. Financial chaos. Don't be foolish. Sexual chaos. Sleeping with multiple partners. Don't be foolish. Paul says, stop flirting with disaster. And just own up to what God's calling you to be. Own it. He says this, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. You know, before I, before I became a Christian, even a, a, you know, a few years, I didn't know what debauchery was. It was debauchery. I know what drinking is. I know what drinking wine is. What's debauchery? You know, it's that drinking wine that leads to. When you, when you drink alcohol, there's a, there's, a, there's a line there where it starts to impair your decision-making process. In the, in the men's world, sisters, I'm going to give you a little insight into the man's world. Please don't judge me. This is my pre-Christian days, but I'm going to give you how men operate with alcohol. Here's a classic example that we affectionately call beer goggles. <laughs> okay, Beer goggles work like this. There's a person in the room that when you have no alcohol in your system, you're like, I wouldn't date her. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't go out with her. I wouldn't be seen in public with her. She, she's a good person, I'm sure, but I would never, never talk to her. Four beers later, we're going, hey, did, you, who's, did someone, who, who, who's that person over there? <laughs> is, she, uh, is she with anybody? Like, really? Okay, cool. Hey, hey how's it going? <laughs> Four more beers later, whoa, I think she's looking at me. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? Great, great. Come on over. I'll buy you a beer. I'll buy you a beer. This is great. Four more beers, beers going, going, I've never met anyone like you in my life. I mean, I feel so, I feel in the connection. I mean, do you want to go out sometime? That's beer goggles. It leads to a road of excess and loss of control. That's what debauchery is. I know this firsthand. Because that scenario, I've played out in my life so many times. 
I know this because my friends who I grew up with did that, got in their car, and died. My friend was killed down the street from my house, ran into a tree, going 90 miles per hour. He killed his friend, and my friend was driving and killed his buddy. And I pulled up to the scene that morning as they were excavating the, the site, and he was dead. I mean, he was obliterated. No chance of survival. He hit the median. And the median was a little curb with trees that were set to keep boundaries. And he went over the guardrail and hit a tree and died. My other friend in high school, good friend of mine, football player, very good friend of mine, died going to Mammoth. Someone was drinking, fell asleep because they were drinking so much, they fell asleep driving. And the car hit him. He was ejected. Dead. I personally know, without guardrails, it wreaks havoc. And I'm sure you have stories as well. You have friends who are dead. You have friends' marriages who are, are just wrecked and destroyed. Guardrails. Debauchery is extreme indulgence that results in a loss of control, whether it's lust, anger, material possession, greed. Because on the other side of a guardrail is disaster. That's what's on the other side. That's why they're there to help you from crashing and ruining your life. But you're going to have to set up the guardrail. You're going to have to have the maturity to look at the Bible and read it going, I'm going to set a guardrail that's set up for me that when I bump into it, it bothers me. It bothers my conscience. I'm glad it's there because if it wasn't there, I would have wrecked something. I would have wrecked a relationship that I value. I would have wrecked my finances, which I need because we live in dangerous times. Instead of doing this, Paul says, instead, be filled with the Spirit. God wants to be the preeminent influencer in your life. God wants to influence you. He's saying, hey, I want to influence your decisions, your choices. I want to help you set up guardrails in your life. Amen. You know, and it's funny. God never screams at us like a preacher does. Sorry. God, the Spirit is more like this. The Spirit is more like... That's what it's like. If I can, if I can put it in a, in a description, it's like... Or you're about to do something and you, and you hear that. <coughs> you're like, do, 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 do. you know. Yeah, you do. When you're on the internet and you know you're going to a site that you shouldn't go, there's a. Yeah. When you know you're you're getting bitter and you're getting. And the more you think about something, you know. The Spirit's saying, hey, hey, hey. Hey. It's a voice of conscience. God doesn't do the screaming. He leaves that to the ministers, right? (laughs) So please, don't insult yourself. Don't lower your own intelligence by saying to yourself, guardrails? Come on, man. I'm 70, 60, 50 years old, Gio. Look at your past decisions and ask yourself, 
did you have guardrails? If you had, how would have things turned out differently? If you say, I have faith in God, He'll take care of me. Please stop kidding yourself. (laughs) God wants us to set up guardrails so we don't live a life filled with regret. That's why He wants it. No, Gio. No, Gio. I'll be careful. I promise you I'll be careful. You know how many men have said that going to the Grand Canyon, told their wives, told their kids, I'll be careful. Do you know that every year someone blows by the guardrail, and this is a guardrail that's on a cliff, these guardrails are actually a hundred yards before the cliff. And how many men tell their wives, or how many spouses tell their husbands, no, no, I'm going to be fine. They go through the guardrail, and they go, and they slip, and they fall to their death. Every year at the Grand Canyon it happens. Yeah. It happened when I was there. The day I was there, they pulled a body from the canyon, and Karen had told me, because I, you know, you know, this is Geo, you know, hey, it's 100 yards, Matt, get a little club, get a better picture, come on, come on. And Karen's all, don't, I am pregnant. I am pregnant. Don't do that. And I was like, ah, she is pregnant. And I was like, you know, thinking about, wow, she's pregnant, what are you... And I was like seriously going, she's, she's not thinking rationally right now. I'm, I mean, you start, you start, I want to go do it. Yeah. And she goes, Gio, don't do it. I said, okay, okay, I won, honey, I won. I, can, you know, I didn't want to be in a big old fight over dinner. I didn't want the quiet dinner. I was like, no, I want to be happy on vacation. I want to be happy. So I go back, we go back to the hotel room, we turn on the t- TV, and there is the news. A girl fell over the cliff and died. Sometimes your friend, your husband, your spouse, a complete stranger is trying to protect you. And if you blow by those relationships, you wreak havoc on your life. How are you careful? Guardrails. They're designed to do two things. They are designed to protect you and direct you. Two functions. Protect and direct. Do it in your finances. Do it in your relationships. Do it in your alcohol consumption. And do it in your parenting. And you will find it so much easier to discern the voice of God when you establish guardrails. You'll be amazed. In the weeks to come, we're going to touch on friends, money, time, and marriage. But as we conclude this morning, What do you need to face up to? What do you need to face up to today? Where are you flirting with disaster? And that's where you begin. Begin today with those two questions. What do I need to face up to? And where am I flirting with disaster? That's where you need to begin. Because guardrails are here to protect and direct your life. Have a great afternoon. Thank you.